Hello, everyone. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. Ishan Nat. We are here with another Let's Talk About It. Mm-hmm. So, Shan, what are we talking about today? I feel like people know, like people probably expected us to talk about this. Like, do, you know, do you know what I hate about? Bad. What? No, I hate about I don't hate anything sent... about me. I'm amazing, by the way. I, I sent you the... Yeah, you are. That's cool. But I sent you this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And within those days, it's, it's, it's kept momentum. And I'm like, we need to let's talk about it quick. I don't know how much quicker we could talk about. You know what? Sometimes you have to let the chicken season... Fair enough. I'll take it. Season. But Let the no, right, I'm going to take that feedback. If people, if you think we should be talking about things sooner, please drop us a comment, drop us an email. Absolutely. So what are we talking about? We are talking about our baby girl. Another baby girl in the Let's Talk About It. Coco. How do you pronounce her name? Goff. Goff? Goff? The tennis player. Yeah. I think she's 19 now. She's why I call her. Yeah, 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 you know what it is? My mum says something really interesting because my mum follows tennis a lot. My mum says that because she's done so much in such a short period of time, people actually think she's older than she is. And I was like, I think that's nonsense. I think it's just the adult adult adultification of black girls because she is 19. And you know the woman that she was, I was gonna say doing tennis, but playing the tennis again. That's how much you know I'm not into sport. I believe saw Laura um, Sigmund was actually 35. 35, and the person she won against, as in won 33. So first of all, as we do, let's give black women their flowers. Well done to Coco and her performance um, during, mm-hmm. what do we call it? I don't, I US don't Open. follow. It's US US Open. Open. What, during this set, during this game, during this season? She's at different levels, so I thought, so it's just um, knockouts. Cool. So people play, um, winner progresses, and then you have semi-finals. You have quarterfinals, semi-finals. As is whisper, yeah. But it's a knockout. So if you lose your match, that's it. You're out of the tournament. It's not like football. Oh, tournament. That's it. Well done on this tournament. Cool. Um, But unfortunately, as always, with sunshine, there is rain, and we can't just come and talk about her success and talk about how great she was. We have to talk about adversity. No, but you know what? I'm beginning to see like adversity um, as a part of life. And I feel like in this situation, the result is is kind of good. Yeah. Like it's like we're actually caught, we're actually applauding someone for doing something that we agree with, but also. That person was supported. So let's tell the full story. Tell, let's tell the full yeah. story. So basically, Coco was playing against Laura Sigmund or Laura. And um, there is a rule in tennis, basically, that you need to be ready within a certain period of time in order to serve the ball. So after a point's been won, so it's been out, someone's missed it, whatever, you need to be ready to go. 25 seconds. Yeah. Now, Laura, how many seconds? 25? Yeah. Laura is slow, apparently, and she is just slow. But that holds up the game and that can stop sometimes players from building momentum. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been watching tennis vicariously through my mother since I was a teenager. And I've never heard of a situation, I could be wrong, listeners, please connect me if I'm wrong, where a player has consistently, consistently been slow. And the Mm -hmm. thing about being slow is that if you want to be slow, it's cool, but you will lose points. So if you get 
past the 25 second timer, you're meant to lose a point. Will now, you lose points? <laughs> you're, meant, well, you're meant to. Girl, you are meant to. The umpire yeah. is meant to be like, mm, not today. Well, That's a point. Coco was facing two people because one was, one, well, both were going slow because you're meant to lose the points. Laura was going slow and the umpire was also then calling the point about six seconds afterwards. So she too was going slow. Um, and that's the problem, right? That's the problem because at some cases she wasn't even calling a point. So Coco was like, mm, nah, I've had enough. Like, what is going on? Like, you are meant to call a point. She is going too slow. What is going on there? Now, I'm not a tennis tennis expert. Let me just add, must- sorry, I know, I know you said it, but just for the detail, oh. Coco spoke up, I think it was in the third set. So this had happened for the first third, two sets. Third, it was, was it the third set that she spoke up? She let, it, was, she let it ride. Wow. She let it ride. So it wasn't oh. that, oh, it happened once, it happened twice, then my girl. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. She rode it out and then raised it. Sorry. Important. I don't know. That, that's important context. Thank you. So Coco, my girl, my brethren, was like to the umpire, like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. she's taking ages to be ready to serve. And then on top of that, you're not even awarding her a point in time. Now, do you know what this reminded me of? Do you remember there was one time, you might not remember if you're not into tennis, but back in the day when Venus was playing in Wimbledon and she had beads in her hair mm. and her beads fell out and she got penalised straight away to a point where she went to the umpire and she was like, you are penalising me all the time, it's not fair, it's da 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 So um, it's really nice to kind of see a situation where Venus went and she cried and she said, like, what is going on? Bearing in mind, Venus was probably about 16, 17 at the time. She was even younger than Coco. And the media vilified her, ripped her to shreds, called her spoiled, called entitled. Now, this time around, Mm. when Coco was like, here is a rule. You are not following it. Umpire, you are not treating her properly. The whole crowd got behind her. Everyone got behind her. Everybody agreed with her and everyone supported her. And so I kind of wanted to talk about, well, you kind of want to talk about I'm not going to take credit but just the process of advocating for yourself mm-hmm. and reading the room and understanding when it's safe to advocate because I must I must admit Coco was very brave and when the to just say look what the f are you doing basically and that clip was made it into social media made it into sports media everywhere and I remember when I first saw it on Instagram I was like they're going to rip her to shreds for this. Mm-hmm. I was I was like worried for her. I was like, mm, I get where she's coming from. She's completely right. But it's not, it might not go her way. So to she wake wasn't up the next day. She wasn't rude, but she wasn't polite about it. She was very firm. You have to remember, this is her life though. Yeah. You know I mean? Like tennis is, is her life. Like winning an, a, an open is a big deal. Yeah. Like. And tennis is a singular sport. It's all on you. It's all on your shoulders. Mm. Like, it's your name. It's your reputation. Everything you've been doing in this point in your life is working up to this one moment. And somebody else is working with your opponent against you. Do you know what I mean? So why do you need to be polite? It's life and it's not life and death, but it is life for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not absolutely going to do it next year. Do you get what I mean? It's a big deal. Absolutely. So 
I've got a few things that I want to talk about on this. Mm-hmm. But first of all, like, as you said, I'm really glad that the public and sports commentators and, and whoever are like, got behind her and was like, yeah, absolutely, she's right. And I think, I, I don't know, I want to use the word endearing, but it's more than that. Like, it proper touches my chest because this little girl, it no, but she's speaking up for herself. And it's one of our working on me themes, right? And it's one of the things that yeah. I personally am not so good at in terms of self-advocating or... I don't know. I would say self-advocating in the moment, in the moment, which is what she did. And the yeah, fact that yeah, that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. it wasn't the afterwards. It wasn't that I'm going to go home, talk to my friend. I'm going to cry to the media. It's I can see this is wrong right here, right now. And I'm going to address it. And that totally, totally, totally touches me. But that's I can't strange. help. Yeah. But I can't help but feel, but still feel like it's somewhat easier to do that when you've got like black and white to play with. She can very, yeah, she can very clearly say, this is the rule. This is what's happening. This is what's not supposed to be happening. And mm. as empowering and touching as that moment is, it still leaves, <laughs> it still leaves you know, the corporates, the public sectors, or the public servants like us, where actually yeah. microaggressions and unconscious bias and racism is not always as obvious to call out. The thing is, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't necessarily, the thing about it, it wasn't necessarily that it was so It's treated, being treated unfairly, isn't it? It's unfair. It's unfairly, right? But sometimes when you have, like, the benefit of lived experience you're like mm. I always make it assessment I'm like if I was blonde haired and blue eyed would this be happening to me and it's one of the things you don't know until you know and you'll never know type thing mm. but um I think it was just endearing to see a black woman advocate for herself in that space because how many times have we seen black women advocate for themselves in that space Serena Williams example we can all mm. look to personal examples mm. and it's a clear disadvantage it's clearly unfair but it hasn't gone well and so you know I think it's good in in the sense that we can see that but then I just wonder I do wonder like when we do these let's talk about like how many of these things like these things happen in the media translate into the workplace and how people act and behave Mm -hmm. and I just think like it's 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 storybook right it's store it's it's I think this is such a good visual example of what we're talking about in that she stood up for herself the Mm -hmm. umpire was like I think the umpire told her to calm down told her to calm down told her about what her job is to the point Coco had to say I think Coco actually said well you're not doing your job job." and then afterwards Mm -hmm. my girl Laura comes flooding with the tears and in the tears which is the disgust of it all she still actually admits I was just going slow I think Laura's point is that like oh I she came to tears because she's actually felt the crowd was against against her and she was like I wasn't throwing my rackets I wasn't being abusive I was just going slow 
And I feel like to oh, me, sickening. it was kind of sickening because it was like the rules require you to, to play to a certain pace. You can't just be going slow. You're an experienced tennis player. Like, right? Let's, let's remember well. that. 35, she's an experienced yeah. player. And the thing about it is like, for me, I just feel like you're trying to slow down the match. You are trying to slow down the momentum. She absolutely slow. was barefaced, not a care in the world, breaking the rules. Because at one point, as I was explaining to you earlier, mm. she sat down. Oh, yeah. And Coco had to be like, we're not allowed to it? sit down. Like, and then she stood up and it was just like, wow, what a brightness, what a brazen. Yeah, like, like- it's like the rules don't apply to her. And oh. then when she gets when, and then when she gets criticized publicly for breaking the rules, she cries bullying, abuse, and cries at a press conference. But you should, you know, you should just play in accordance with the rules. Like I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a witch, but what do you want me to do? And it's like I don't, I just, I just feel like we hold ourselves to such high standards, like as individuals, that if there was a rule there and we were clearly flouting the rule and we got called out for it, I don't really, I, I don't really feel like I'd go to a press conference when I know I'm in blatant disregard of what the regulation is, unless I was going to try and argue that the regulation was unfair. Or this unfair is it. She didn't do none of that. Because she knew she was taking a mic. And it just kind of reminded me of white women tears. So it's like, you've lost the match. You know, everyone is aligned with a black woman. So what are you really, you're crying, okay, you can have an emotion. You're not emotionless. But why are you crying? Because you you broke the rules. You broke the rules consistently to obstruct the play, to try and change the outcome. Because why would you, you're not injured. It'd be different, like if she was injured or something like that. I mean, she could be pregnant and she's not telling us. Maybe that's why she needed the extra rest time. We'll never know. She could have a medical issue and she's not telling us. But from the outside looking in, without that, without the benefit of that, um, that background knowledge, mm. it just seems like you're taking a piss. And then you get called out on it, and everyone sticks up for Coco, and now you're crying because the crowd. Yeah, I have to, I have to wheel up one of my favorite lyrics. This is this is a case of the offender being offended by the offense that they caused. I like. That. Wait, say, say it again. The offender being offended by the offense. By the offense that they, that they caused. Like you yeah. caused the problem and now you're crying. Please. That is crazy. That's that like number one gaslight. So Yo. I don't know. I just it, I, I I just you know, and the thing is, it's like when I was watching the video, at first I was getting sucked in. I was like, oh, that's so sad. And then I was like, no, it's not. You were breaking the rules. It's a competitive. It's a competition. It's a sport. It has clear rules and clear regulations for a specific. I mean, for a specific purpose. So, um, it was just very nice to see. Like people keep saying it's a Gen Z thing. It's a Gen Z thing. I don't think it's a, like I don't think it's a Gen Z thing. I think it's a young black woman thing. And I don't say young in the patronizing sense, like oh, they're they're young, but like the generation of black women that are coming up after us, mm. like. They're not waiting until they're in their mid-30s to be like, no, I'm not feeling this. They're Lived very learned experience. I lost that one back in 2023. Very, yeah, they're very, very like intentional and setting boundaries. And I feel like they are reframing how black women are to be treated. And I also just, just to add to that, not that anybody is um chastising Coco, but this advocacy extends to her own team. Because she also called out her coach 
for talking yes, too much whilst you play. She's like, shut up, man. Stop talking. I'm playing. Yeah, it's true. So, like, she's putting everything on. She's putting, like, everything on the line. Like, they, yeah, she's the star. Like, so, yeah, it is her way. This whole train, this whole thing is working. Uh, the way yeah. it's working because she's doing the work that needs to be done and she's getting the results that need to be got. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Thing is, I don't know basically if I can start going to work and start calling out. I was women. just about to ask you that. I was like, so so what we doing? Like, what's our self advocacy like, game so saying? I, I feel like the strength in that was advocating in the moment, like not getting to the press conference and being like the umpire was taking the piss, like telling the umpire to their face. And I feel like that just takes a she was obviously frustrated, mm. like you say, because it had been a while. And I'm not like criticizing, I'm just saying she got pushed and she was like, <clears throat> you know. But the difference is in the workplace, I feel like when you call out in the moment, egotistical beasts, then forget the point. Because I've seen bosses, managers, leaders, whatever, do the whole, yeah, we need we're gonna need to have a chat and it wasn't appropriate to talk to me at that time in that way. Da, 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 da. And the whole conversation moves away from the point being made and more about the address. Mm. And that's why sometimes at work I don't speak up because I feel like even in my appraisal sometimes just being transparent, I'm like, if I say what I want to say, and you know me, we've been friends for a while, you know that the Lord is working on me because my communication is like when I'm frustrated is poor. Um, but it's like, if I say what I want to say, this is going to be all about what I, how I have said what I've said, or the fact that I've spoken. Mm. It's like that phrase, if I speak, they will say, it's like, if I speak, they will say I've spoken in the sense of, it's not about what the content of what I've said, even if I deliver it in the nicest possible way, it's the fact that I'm advocating for myself that puts people's back up. Mm. So it's like, it's a constant, I think we've even talked about it before about and we'll talk about more when we talk about exercising your throat chakra, but it's like a constant um, double Dutch poker face type, you know. There is a tactic. It's always Olympics. Tactic. It's always Olympics. I mean, my 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 tactic is about learning and growth. That's how I frame the conversations yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm like, in order for me to learn from this moment, this is what I need you to do. And when you do that, this is how I grow, you grow, we grow as an organization. I grow, you grow, we grow. I like that. That is yeah, and, smashing these phrases today, you know. I'm not even taking a piss. I'm not gonna use them. Go on, carry on. <laughs> They're upon the mic. Um <laughs> no, but um I feel like that's what's working for me at the moment. But I but to be fair, I also have a boss who listens, um, which makes um, a difference. Yeah. But but I think as a tactic strategy, you definitely have to, I don't think you will get away with being in the workplace and not depersonalizing. You know, the whole, but you're not doing your job, that's not gonna land, I reckon 99% of the time, yeah, let's throw out a wild statistic, that's not gonna land. You have to be about what does this mean about how you nurture me as a leader, how I grow as your team member, and the impact it will have on our work. It's all, it's all 
And do you know what? Like, to certain degrees, like at home, in relationships, personal relationships, you're like, I'm tired of having to water this down. I just need to say what I've got to say. But in terms of playing the game, as it were, what's the end goal? What what do I need to do? I need to I need to speak and I need to be heard. So yeah, I just working. want to say one thing, and I think I think there's a context that just came to me um, about why Coco's moment is so iconic, is because and we kind of missed this out. And this is this is important. You have to remember that like tennis is a sport that is dominated by whiteness. Mm-hmm. I would say more so than any sport, probably golf, but tennis mm-hmm. is a sport that is dominated by whiteness. And like, as we said with Venus, and I was just remembering now I'm in my tennis bag, remembering that Naomi Osaka had um mm-hmm. very, very difficult issues with like mm-hmm. one of the umpires that she was dealing with only a few years ago. Yeah. So the fact that Coco has been able to do this is actually iconic. But anyway, getting back to your question about what steps we take. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I genuinely don't know, because I feel I do feel like slightly, for want of a better word, castrated at work. Because mm-hmm. I, I I'm at a point where. I'm just trying to get in and get out. Does that make sense? Like I'm just trying to do my job and I'm trying to go home. Like I feel like everyone gets to this point in their careers where they're not like necessarily trying to like kill it and be promoted all the time. Like they're kind of on that flat space where they kind of figure out like what they're going to do next, where they're feeling. So I'm very much like trying to do what I need to do. I'm not a bare minimum type person. You know me already, but I'm just trying to do my job. And sometimes I wonder like if some of these conversations are going to drain the little emotional resilience resource I have already. Mm. So I'm probably not in the best place to answer these type of questions because I'm actually on like, you know, when your iPhone is like on battery saving mode or your Apple Watch, so you can, <laughs> an Apple feed, or any of your products are on, you know. <laughs> yeah, this ain't that. Let me take out the Apple because they're not paying us for nothing, but... I'm on low battery mode. So I'm trying to, I'm taking off Wi-Fi. I'm, you know, reducing like the screen brightness. So the idea of having to advocate for myself, like I'm trying to preserve the little battery I have left. So I don't even know, like psychologically. But at least you're conscious to it. Like there's other things going on in it. You're not, you're not being a doormat. You're not like, oh, I really need to speak, but I can't. You are making an active choice to. And I think, I do think you know, it's a little bit of a pop-out, though. Yeah, but it's, but it's also... No, 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 no. No, I'm not going to say yeah, but no. Because, one, it's not every hill you have to die on. And, mm. two, mm. protecting your peace is optimum. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. I just feel like they sucked enough of my, like, lifeblood energy, these vampires, these work vampires. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the little bit I have left, I want to preserve it. But I think that if someone else came to me, because you know how in this life we've always got advice for someone else. Someone else came to me about advocating. I think the, the first thing I would say is like, try and say it in the moment. If you can control your emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I feel like when you take a step back and you contemplate it sometimes. You and reason you wait, it out. You reason it out. 
and you prepare a speech in your head, not only do the other people not care about what's happened, but also they haven't learned that they can't F with you. So give, give you an example. I was talking to a girl and she suffered a bereavement and she's not from this country. She's from the Caribbean, so she had to go home to the Caribbean. They were having a team meeting and one of her colleagues was like, um, oh, because you're always on holiday, on a team meeting. And she was like, yeah, but my dad died in front of everyone, right? I'm not on holiday. I'm not on, I'm not on holiday. Like, I've suffered a bereavement. Like, basically telling him to shut the F up without saying it. Now, I feel like, I, I, when she told me that story, I thought she was utterly amazing. Because I feel like if that was me, I probably would have gone to the toilet, I would have cried, would have been upset. Especially when you suffered a loss. To this day? Yeah, oh, Natalie, think, Natalie. I don't, I think, I think, I think when you, I think it takes a certain level of bravery when you suffered a loss like that. You're not coming at me being like, you're always late. You're coming, you're talking about me going on holiday because I've suffered a bereavement. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I think if she would have then contemplated, raised a complaint with HR, da, 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 it wouldn't have the same impact as her embarrassing him in front of the whole team. I would have done exactly like, the same. He's never going to mess with her again. I would have done like, exactly the same. And he had to apologise and he was stuttering over his apology. And it was so it's like sometimes people be like, take, you know, take some time to call off. Da, da. Sometimes when we're doing that, it's necessary yes. to control but it's actually diluting the impact of the clapback that you need to have a hundred a hundred percent and and it's short and it's sharp exactly that like I don't need to go and rationalize a speech of when you said this is how it made me feel like I know I will never forget and I think I said it once before (laughs) this moment where I was talking at work and then my colleague we, we were friends we were cool but white white guy started to talk over me and I just said I'm not finished. (laughs) (laughs) And it it wouldn't have been long, less than 10 seconds, but there was a whole pause because in that moment, me just saying I'm not finished was acknowledging, sorry, sorry, Mr. I think I can talk over small black girl. No, you can't. There's a disrespect here. And I didn't have to say any of that. So I'm not finished. When I come out, my mate was like, my other mate was like, Yo. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you really, you really put him in his place for a second. It's like, yeah, and sometimes it's sometimes self-advocacy is as simple as that. It's not putting on the war paint and the, you know, the, the, the bulletproof vest and the, the gearing yourself up. It's just correcting it, correcting the moment as it comes. Not letting it seep. But I feel like in some of those situations now, like I I feel like we we we've kind of been professionally raised to try and keep your head like under the radar in those things you know because we're hyper visible anyway but then we're invisible which we need to kind of understand because mm-hmm. I don't they need to pick a side about how they're going to treat us but you kind of embrace to keep your head under the parapet um and just keep going and just try and like you know not say anything and just deal with as much as thrown at thrown not a plantation off. babes it's not a plantation and I I feel like we kind of do need to begin to clap back because I feel like when you clap back publicly you send a message to everyone else yeah you can't mess with me but I think before when we were coming up it was like if you say something publicly everyone is going to use that against you and create a narrative and create a story and you know how that's why the short and that's why short and sweet like I'm respectfully I'm not finished like because 
it's less than a, it's a sentence, but it's less than a sentence, if that makes sense. And it's just like, so maybe less uh, self-advocacy, a.k.a. the clapback. It might have to be. It might have to be. Bat it right back like a tennis game. <laughs> but um, I would say to anyone that is like having situations where they are being, boundaries are being crossed, just to be very direct and very firm one time. And not to, I always said this thing that I've had to learn is like when you let something happen three or four times, on the fifth time, if you say something, people are like, oh, I didn't realise. But then they're looking at you like you're unreasonable because it's like you accepted it those four or five times before. Happening, yeah. So yeah. that's the reason why I'm like, actually, I have to set boundaries now because setting boundaries is going to show you you can't, I'm not going to tolerate a certain amount of behaviour and go through certain emotional suffering because you can't get your shit together. I'm gonna like there is the boundary. I just think it's really sad that as black women, we just have to ha- keep having these discussions about how to advocate up for ourselves. One, because of the toxic environment that we're in, but also unlearning a lot of the negative things we learn about communication and self-advocacy in the workplace. You know what? I- I'm not I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna say negative because mm. Everything is a matter of survival. It's how, it's how you choose to survive. Exactly. And like I said, that. that's plantation behaviour that might have worked and needed to work for a certain man, certain woman on the fields. Not in the field. No, but I wouldn't even say on the fields. You have to think when our grandparents came to this country, it wasn't a whole, it wasn't a bunch of roses. They were fighting for their lives, like literally. Yeah. yeah. So they were just keeping their head down. They were sold a dream when they got here, keeping their head down, just trying to make their money, just trying to raise raise their families in a very openly, aggressively violent environment. Yeah. So. And it's about knowing yourself, because I think it take it takes us back to, you know, the the conception of this podcast and exactly you and us speaking about, you know, what's banter, what's banter in the workplace, banter versus microaggressions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the other day, I, I, I referenced um, a colleague saying something that had racial connotations. But but I, I trust her enough and I like her enough. And you was like, say what? And I was like, no, nah, it's OK. You gave her uh, a, white, a, a black woman pass, but that's between you and her. I don't know. Her. Yeah. But but this is about knowing yourself because mm-hmm. don't Absolutely. don't laugh or accept it and then come home and cry about it. And then it's all adding yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. That, that that whole thing about the one time, two time, three time, four time, five times. If it isn't passing on the first time and you let the first time pass, okay, it happens. The second time, handle it. If, handle if it's it. if it's something that's going to be constant and it's something you can deal with, oh, this guy likes to give a bit of a joke about and you want to take that, that's in your ear. Cool. Know you. Just know yourself in it. Just know yourself. Same way you're saying right now. You know your communication when it's good, when it's not so great. You know when you know when to talk. You know when to not because you know yourself. You know what that's going to sound like, how that's going to be received, how it's going to make you feel. Have to know yourself. Yeah. But you know what I thought was funny as well. Is is um. It just it, it, it's always about like what the end goal, like what the end goal is and I think mm. sometimes if you want someone to stop behavior like you don't want it to be made right you don't want an apology you just want it to stop mm. those are the times where you really need to snap back like if you 
I think sometimes as well, like when there's a black and white rule that's being broken, mm. it's like you were saying before, it's easier to be like, so call it out and be like, nah. Like when someone's doing something that's blatantly microaggression-y or racist or discriminatory and it's obvious, mm. I feel like it's okay to like, you know, shut up. When it's insidious, then I, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a hard that's a that's all yeah, hard. Because I think the thing to it's that objective thing, and it? it's not how it makes you feel because yeah. your feelings like well. And I think I think what you have to realize is that when people are acting in certain ways in the workplace, not in our demographic, they're doing what's best for them. They are literally doing and working in a way that suits them, that is best for them, that makes them happy, that makes them feel great. And if mm. it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And so if they get to show up at every way, every day at work, doing what they feel is best for them, why should you come to work and suppress yourself and do and work in a way and act in a way and accept things that are better for everyone else around you but you? That's like when you begin to see it like that, just on a basic taking a no, you can't take offense out of it. So I don't want to say something asinine, but on a basic level, like that. He's making all those jokes. He's saying those appropriate things. He's doing what he likes to do. He's doing what his is best for him. She's doing what is best for her. She's micromanaging. That's how she likes to work. That's not, why is it that their way of work, especially when it's colleagues, like it's not even managers or superiors, colleagues, why should their way of working and being at work be given priority over what you need in order to be happy at work? Especially when you are not breaking any rules and you just trying to, excel out here you know so I'm proud of Coco I'm happy for her I don't care that Laura cried don't break the rules don't cry don't cry dry your eye I don't care sorry I really don't care I'm just happy that Coco you know you know you know I can't I can't not reference for anyone who's new to us and just join us I come go wheel up go back to season one episode three white women tears one of my favorite episodes it's not it's not me and Natalie making up phrases. It's a real thing. We break it down and we speak about it. That was all of like four years ago, nearly. I love that. And We've come they so are far. still praying. <laughs> Listen, so you know what we're not doing? We're not crying over their tears. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> they don't have the power. The, the purple haze is not working, but... Not, not the angel yeah. wave. Not the angel wave. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of feel like... At the end of the day, when you begin to realise that people in the workplace that continue to violate work in a way that's best for them, and you realise that you deserve to work in a way that's good for you, for your own mental health, for your happiness, then it becomes a very different ball game in terms of what you tolerate and how long you tolerate things. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. I need to go and talk about it. Need to water my plants, wash the dishes, do my laundry. What a life. I need plant food. My plants are really crying. They're so sad and limp. I've 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 got plants turning yellow. I need plant food too. I was meant to buy on the weekend, but I couldn't because I was in the hairdressers all damn day. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick online something order to my door. <laughs> I'm not gonna name you. But, um, <laughs> I hope like you guys enjoyed that discussion. As always, if you've got any comments, if you want anything us to pick up on anything any themes that you feel like we should have discussed that we missed out please do let us know. I want to hear people's clapbacks come through I mean, and tell us tell us your last clapback at work 
we will post the best one actually as like a square on our on on our grid but, yes man um, it'd be good to know how women are de- black women are dealing with advocating in the workplace for themselves and if you've got any other tips to share with other women like please we're obviously going to post on instagrams please comment like subscribe share tell them where to find us please share i was just about to come in little cameo here so you can find our socials using the handle at bww podcast uk mostly on instagram and twitter but also on linkedin black women working uh check out our website the three w's blackwomenworking.com and if you're a little shy or you have a bit more detail more personal touch we love to hear from you via email and that's blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com all right so i'm gonna leave you to it yes girl and yeah i'll see you on the next one thanks darling ciao